Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. It's the divisional round weekend in the NFL, and uh, in this episode, we'll cover the regular weekly picks for all four weekend games, get to Andy's total prop tease, also your news of the week. But first, with me, as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central is Andy, the prognosticator, Attridge, and uh, you were batting a 1,000 last week. You nailed it not just with your uh, game picks, but even your total prop tease hit 100%. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was a pretty good week. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we went four for four on our, on our picks, and then all three of the total prop teases hit as well. So hopefully some of our listeners cashed in on that. Um, great week for me. Um, unfortunately, it was a very bad week for your Bears. Yeah, I spent uh, a lot of time just weeping silently into my pillow. You didn't uh, you didn't redecorate your, your living room or anything? Uh, no, I threw a few things, but nothing got completely damaged. Um, Good. you know, I, I think my son learned, you know, learned a few new swear words, but <laughs> yeah, well, that, that'll, that'll happen. That'll happen with doink, doink. Ah, yeah. Cody ricochet parky. Holy crap. Yeah. That was, you couldn't have scripted anything crazier. You know, we it, talked about it the week before too. We did. We did. And I, I was as astonished as well. Uh, your Bears mascot was. <laughs> yeah, that guy looked like he had a heart attack. Tim Burr, he just dropped. Oh, that was. Yeah. Uh, now, you know what? Um, there is one guy in Chicago that is not terribly displeased with what happened. And you know who I'm talking about. Who's that? Bartman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People have pretty not- much forgotten about him. The Cubs have yeah. a World Series ring now. Yeah. So he's the second most hated person in Chicago right now. Um, you know, you got to feel sorry for Parky, but Jesus Christ, man! You know, props to, props to Parky. He uh, he came out after the game and answered all the reporters' questions, and uh, you know, he took full responsibility. So I'll give him that. But we knew even during the season, you know, he he missed more field goals than any other kicker in the league. Yeah, and uh, you know, when we had Robbie Gold for years before that. We were kind of used to it being automatic. Mm-hmm. This just goes to show you that special teams is just as important as offense or defense. And there's a reason why they call the game football. Yeah. Uh, Somebody does have to put their foot to the ball eventually. But um, despite the fact that your Bears lost, you still went three for four. Um, we had some. And, good- I, and I nailed your dude, total prop tease. I got on that too. So I'm glad a good you weekend cashed for in. me. We had a lot of discussion and comments on our, on our Facebook page. In fact, uh, one of our listeners, um, well, what did they? Oh, called me a full-on retard uh, based on the picks that I had for the week. He obviously disagreed, and uh, you were accused of being a seventy-five percent retard. So all I have to say is to John L. in Houston, Texas, how do you like them apples? Do you like apples? Yeah. How do you like them apples? Tell me how my ass tastes. Now I did see uh, I did see some Detroit Lion irony, dripping irony, and the fact that Aaron Ebron 
scored the first touchdown of the weekend, and Golden Tate scored the last one. So the weekend, wildcard weekend, was bookend by two ex-Detroit Lion touchdown scores. So, yeah. How um, do you feel if you're Matt Stafford? Or Matt Patricia. <laughs> yeah. Or any Lions fan, for that matter. Just fire sale on talent. No, but it was... Um, Ah, it was a, it was a great weekend of football. Every single game, um, you know, was interesting to watch. One of the statisticians that I regularly consult with pointed out to me that there was exactly seventy four points scored on Saturday, and seventy four points scored on Sunday. So that's even pretty distribution bizarre. Of points. It is kind of bizarre, really, if you think about it. Um, and then the following day on Monday, Clemson Tigers first team to go fifteen and zero in oh, NCAA it was nice season. To watch. It was nice to watch the Nick Tater get spanked. Yeah, yeah. And Just, you know, that sour puss needs a good shellacking every now and then. And, and it makes it me feel better about the way the Irish played the week before. Oh, for, for sure. And and the thing about being uh, with the Tigers winning decisively is that Saban doesn't have, he can't, you know, he can't blame the officials or, you know, point to this play or that play. So, so good for well, him. That was I a good old-fashioned ass whooping. <laughs> it certainly was. Uh, did you see the interview with Dabo Sweeney at the end of the game? I I did. I did. That was a good four minutes. He uh, he mentioned the Lord quite a bit. He did. I, uh, I've got a quote here. He said, um, a guy like me, I said this two years ago, you can't write a Hollywood script. Only God can do this. And that's a fact. People think I'm crazy or quacky or whatever, but only God can orchestrate this. Well, perhaps he thought Jesus had taken the Tigers on the money line. And and the Holy Ghost teased Clemson with the under. It's like a, a holy trifecta of wagering. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. All right, let's get on to our news of the week, shall we? We shall. Soccer star Wayne Rooney was arrested on a charge of public intoxication on December 16th and was booked into a detention center in Leesburg, Virginia. Now 33, Rooney is currently playing for Major League Soccer's D.C. United team, where he leads the squad with 12 goals. In September of 2017, he also pleaded guilty to driving while under the influence. Well, you see, now he's playing in the Washington area, so it's believed that he's intentionally racking up criminal charges in hope of obtaining a roster spot on the Redskins. Now when people hear the name Redskins, they will immediately think titties and bows. It's just a bold new way that we can say we don't fucking care. Go Redskins! Paris's first nude restaurant has gone belly up just a year after opening its doors. When Au Naturel opened in December 2017, the concept seemed an easy sell. Instead of dressing up, diners would dress down, way down, like to their bare essentials. Once naked, customers would enjoy a three-course dinner with foie gras, lobster, escargot, lamb or scallops for $58. And what kind of sick human being wants to eat meals with other naked people? The last thing I want to see before spending 60 bucks on an entree is some 60-year-old shriveled-up nutsack and his wife's banana boobs being sat next to me. What happens when that guy drops his fork on the floor? I ordered the foie gras, not the franks and beans. Franks and beans! Franks and beans! A British official says a giant, quote, fatberg Fat. has been found blocking a sewer in southwestern England, a mass of hardened fat, oil, and baby wipes measuring 210 feet long. 
This just in, the Baltimore Ravens are in talks with the Fatbergs management to possibly add it to their O-line next year. Really, anything, even a group of pylons would be an upgrade over what we saw last week against the Chargers. All right, it's time to fire it up with our weekly picks. We start off Saturday afternoon in Kansas City where the Chiefs play host to the Indianapolis Colts at Arrowhead Stadium. You know, the Chiefs do enjoy a very good home field advantage at Arrowhead. Uh, They are laying five points at home, but I think Indianapolis looks pretty damn good here. KC's got a pretty suspect defense, especially when it comes to their pass rush and their defensive backs. And, uh, I do think this is going to be a shootout, though. It's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. What do you think, Andy? Oh, yeah, it'll be a track meet for sure. Um, and, yes, they uh, they do have a big home field advantage being at Arrowhead. But one disadvantage they have is having uh, a coach named Andy Reid in January, who's exactly 1-4 in, in the playoffs with those Chiefs. Uh, two of those losses coming at home at Arrowhead. Yeah, his uh, clock management skills are pretty <clears throat> suspect. Um, there's a whole whack of things that are suspect. And I'll delve into those in a bit. But yeah, you know, Indianapolis won, they won 10 of their last 11 games. Um, their offensive line, um, you know, he's, they're keeping Andrew, Andrew Luck upright. Their defense is playing really well. And, uh, you know, they got the luxury of a, a really awesome running game now with Marlon Mack, who, you know, put on a clinic last week. Buck 48. Oh, that kid's a stud. But yeah, if we want to look at the numbers... Let's look at the uh, let's look at the defense for Kansas City. They're allowing 132 rushing yards per game, which puts them 27th in the league. Um, passing defense, they're 31st in the league, allowing 273 yards a game. Um, Indy, they're eighth in the league in rushing defense and 16th uh, in passing. So, uh, real advantage there with with Indianapolis, and I think that Indianapolis's defense can keep up with that high potent offense that. Uh, the Chiefs put on the field. Now, the Chiefs aren't the same team without Kareem Hunt. Um, their productivity has dropped significantly. And not only their productivity, but in the last nine games that they played, they only covered the spread twice. Um, two, six, and one against the spread in their last nine. And while we're at it, let's just, let's just take a look at who they played. So in week 16, which they didn't know for sure if they were going to get the top seed, they still had to play well. They lost by a touchdown to Seattle. Uh, the week before, they lost to the Chargers by a point. Uh, the week before that, they had to go to overtime to beat the Ravens at home. Um, before that, um, they scored 40 on the Raiders, winning, but they allowed 33. Um, that speaks to their defense. The game before that was that huge game on Monday night against the Rams. Uh, where both teams scored over 50 points. They ended up losing as their defense gave up 54. You see where I'm going with this, right? Oh, I do. I think you feel the same way I do. I think I don't think that the uh, Chiefs will be able to have that kind of dominance against Indy. No, no. And I think... Because what are is, they? Uh, in their last three, they were uh, one and two. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they didn't exactly go into the playoffs all gangbusters. Meanwhile, Indy is just hot. They're playing well in all facets of the game. 
But I don't really see how how Kansas City comes out with a win in this game. I actually would be putting money on Indy for the money line, not just the spread. Uh, I wouldn't blame you either. Um, you know, they're playing really well. If there is an Achilles heel uh, on Indy's defense, it would be their um, it would be their pass defense against tight ends. And Travis Kelce could have a pretty big day. Um, but that's about it. Uh, that's really where the chink in their armor is, if there is one. Um, you know, we mentioned this before, offensive line, good offensive lines travel well, good defenses travel well, and so does a good running game, and they've got all three. Um, yeah, I, uh, Andy Reid to me in January looks like a guy that should be driving a snowplow. And Frank Reich with that facial hair? Come on, man, that guy's a lumberjack. I'm going with the lumberjack. Oh, Mr. Plow, that's my name, that name again is Mr. Plow. <laughs> To live and die in LA, where every day we try to fatten our pockets. A Snickers hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock. Everybody got their own thing. Our second game Saturday is in Los Angeles, where the Rams are hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Rams, seven point favorites at home. And uh, Dallas is another team that kind of came into the playoffs pretty hot. And uh, their defense looked very dominant last weekend. Uh, can they carry it over this weekend? Uh, the book has been out on the Los Angeles Rams as far as how to beat them. The, the Saints and the Bears both demonstrated that if you take away Todd Gurley and you force Jared Goff to be the playmaker, it doesn't end up very well for the Rams. Do you think Dallas has what it takes to stop Todd Gurley? Um. Not entirely. I think they're gonna uh, they're gonna contain him, but they're not gonna stop him. I think they're gonna put a lot of uh, pressure on Jared Goff. Um, he's not gonna get a lot of time in the pocket. Those those linebackers, those young linebackers um, on Dallas are are fast. Like that whole <laughs> that whole defensive unit's fast. They're playing really well. They tackle well. They don't give up huge plays. Um, and the secondary is pretty tight too. Secondary is very tight. I just. The, you know, we talked about this many times on the podcast. Um, you've got the what we'll call the Jason Garrett electric fence, whereby if he leaves the greater Dallas area, his football IQ seems to drop about 25 points. Last I checked, this game is in Los Angeles. Um, although there's going to be a whole lot of Cowboy fans there. I wouldn't be surprised if half the stadium's filled with Cowboy fans. Uh, but that being said, I just, you know, with, with Prescott, if they get behind by, you know, two scores, say it's 10 nothing or 14 nothing. they're going to have a hard, hard time coming back. And, well, I mean, they were, they were sort of lucky to win that game against Seattle. I realize that Seattle had, you know, last minute, or the touchdown in the last two minutes. But, my God, did you see that, that kicker? You know, once Sebastian Janikowski went out, this guy does, uh, what was it, a, a drop kick for, for the onside. Probably the worst onside kick in the history of the NFL. Well, it is. And you can see the look on Pete Carroll's face. Like, you know, they plucked this guy out of Australia who's only ever played rugby before. It's like, dude, you're a professional football player. Kick like other people. I just, I don't know. <laughs> we talked about the importance of a, of the kicking game and, and the reason why it's called football. Um, 
But anyway, they squandered an opportunity to uh, to give, cover an onside kick, and that game that game could have been a lot different. But uh, I don't see Dallas scoring a lot of points here. I do see the Rams. You know, with their week off, Todd Gurley has essentially had almost a month off uh, with their bye week and them resting him in week 17 and lightly using him in week 16. And he needed it. So this guy's like a a caged animal. Um, I see him going off pretty quickly here. Uh, And and as I say, I I just don't see Dallas scoring a lot of points. Um, The only way that this game is going to be close if, uh, you know, Dallas Dallas's defense creates some turnovers and they get some short fields. I I will say this: if Todd Gurley goes over 150 all-purpose yards, then the Rams are going to win this game. Uh, I, I I I you know me, I'm a defense guy, and if yeah. the defense can can stop Todd Gurley, I don't think the Rams. I I think the Rams will still win on the money line. Don't get me wrong. But a seven-point cover, I can see Dallas coming in. Yeah, but when you guys, you know, you've got Gurley and, and Cooks and Woods. I mean, they've got a lot of weapons on offense. Um, he really misses thing, Cooper Cup, though. Yeah. Um, one thing I do want to note for Dallas, they have 11 guys listed as questionable on their injury report. Uh, one of them is Cole Beasley, um, who's got an ankle injury. Another guy who is listed as out is another wide receiver, Alan Hearns. They're already thin at the wide receiver position. So now you've got Amari Cooper as really their only deep threat. Um, you can I'll easily tell you this, Beas- Beasley's going to play. Oh, no, no, he's going to play. Oh, he's going to play. He's just not going to be as effective as he could be. Um, and I think the Rams know that, and they're going to scheme it uh, accordingly. But um, with that many guys listed as questionable, uh, I think, just in terms of uh, a health perspective, I think that favors the Rams a lot in this one. And I think the, uh, they can win and cover seven points. What about you, Matty? I'm taking the Cowboys with the points. Are you? Hey, Matty, <clears throat> you know what limericks are, right? I do. And uh, you being you. an Irishman, I'm sure you've got a few of them in your back pocket. I- I've got one for you this week. Okay, sure. you ready? There once was a place kicker named Parky who is not nearly as permanent as a Sharpie. He said with a frown, I feel like a clown. I've grazed so much metal, they should call me Sparky. I don't know how much fucking Cody Parky's getting fucking paid, but that little fucking cocksucker from South Florida can't make a goddamn fucking kick for his fucking life. How much fucking opportunity do you fucking need? How many fucking missed kicks is Cody Parky going to fucking hit this year? 11! 11! Fuck you, Cody! Fuck you! New England. Patriots. Greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground. New England. New England. Patriots. New England. All right, we go to Sunday, and uh, we start off at Gillette Stadium. And uh, New England, they always play well at Foxborough in the playoffs, especially. Uh, they're four-point favorites against visiting L.A. Chargers. But, man, the Chargers are, what, one and eight in their, or sorry, eight and one in their last nine games on the road. 
Yeah. Uh, they went into Baltimore last week and just shut them down. And they did it with seven DBs. They had they had only three and four man rushes. New England's old line's going to have to show up because if they if Tom Brady is under as much pressure as uh, Jackson was. Well, uh, they, they sacked Jackson seven times, and he's a mobile quarterback. Yeah, what the hell do you right. think they're going to do with Tom Brady with a bum left knee? Yeah, Tom Brady <laughs> is definitely not running away. <laughs> he just goes down. And that's the key, though. If you can, He is a smart quarterback. I will give Brady that. He'll take the sack rather than give you the ball away. Oh, for usually. sure. For sure. He's smart um, enough. And they've got the great dink and dunk game with, uh, with James White and um, Julian Adelman. Uh, they're not going to stretch it down the field. I just you probably no. Don't I don't think they will because I don't think Gronk is the same guy that he was oh, last gosh, season. No. And Edelman actually isn't really the same guy either. Now they do they do play that West Coast style. You know, get the five, ten, fifteen yard type passes. Yep. You know, <clears throat> settling in between the zones. But uh, the Chargers, they've got the offense. They've got the defense. They've got the special teams. I think they can go on the road again and at least cover this spread. I think they can too. I think they've got every opportunity to win outright as well. It's sort of it's funny because I was comparing their um, their stats, both offensive defensive ones, um, sort of side by side, and it's fascinating how close they are in terms of yards per play, six point one to five point nine. Um, You're talking about points per play or completion percentages, red zone scoring, um, uh, third down conversions on both offense and defense. They're all within like 2% of each other. So even though on paper they look like mirror images, um, on the field, I think the Chargers are a better team. If this is not being played in Foxborough, I'm putting this game at a pick'em. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And you're not going to discount the fact that it is at Foxborough or Gillette Stadium, or whatever the hell they want to call it now, uh, because they've won every game so far this year. Uh, Only team to go undefeated at home. And we know what the record is like in the playoffs, especially off a bye. But my gosh, man. And one thing I I do need to bring up is that the Chargers, whether it be in San Diego or Los Angeles, under Phillip Rivers, are exactly 0-7 against Tom Brady and the Patriots since 2006 when Rivers took over the team. They're due. <laughs> they're due. Exactly. So they're due. Oh, gambler's fallacy. But uh, seriously, I think this Chargers team, and we mentioned it last week, they are the most well-rounded team in the AFC, possibly the entire league. There is no Achilles heel for them. It used to be their kicking game, but they seem to have found someone that's a lot more reliable than what they're used to. So keeping this one close, they still got a lot of confidence that they can put it through the uprights. Uh, but I, I, I see the Chargers squeaking out a win here. I do agree with you on the fact that they are the most complete team. I think they're the most complete team in the playoffs, the Chargers, that is. And uh, New England, I know we say this all the time, It ha- the, the, the run has to end sometime. I think this is the time it ends. Uh, I, I, I'm going with the Chargers as well, at least to cover the spread. Hey, Matty, you like limericks? Are you familiar with haikus? Japanese poetry. I've, I've got one for you. You ready? Sure. A kicker named Cody hits uprights, crossbars on Sundays, makes the sound doink, doink. Oh, my goodness. The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. 
hang up and try again. When the saints, when the saints come marching in, marching in. When the saints come marching in, marching in. Last but not least, we head to the Big Easy, New Orleans. Uh, uh, well, a favorite to go to the Super Bowl, especially once the playoffs began. They're going to uh, have a chance to show their stuff. Uh, they're eight-point favorites against the visiting Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, New Orleans, last time they faced Philadelphia, just spanked them. Uh, I don't see this being any different. Uh, I think the magic runs out on Nick Foles. There's a big letdown spot here, too, for Philly, where, you know, they, they went on the road to Soldier Field. They got a big win, but they eked that big win out. Chicago should have won that game. And I think the emotional letdown comes through New Orleans. There, I, I don't see anybody stopping Drew Brees right now. Well, they didn't look quite so hot on offense in the last month of the season. And I think that has a little bit to do with their offensive line, but... Uh, Philadelphia, as you said, you know, they're, they're still riding the Cinderella story. Um, you know, Nick Foles is, uh, 6-0 in elimination games in the last two seasons. Um, the guy's, the guy's hitting over 75% of his pass, 77% of his passes on third and fourth downs. Uh, and their defense, uh, remembered that they're a Philadelphia Eagles defense since Thanksgiving. Um. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with New Orleans because uh, we know what they can do at home. Um, Breeze, I think, will most definitely get the MVP award. And his great statistics um, get elevated to a higher echelon even at home. So, and, and one luxury that he has, he's got two guys in the backfield that are going to the Pro Bowl as starters in Ingram and Kamara. And... You know, when you've got so many weapons uh, on the outside with the receivers, uh, the tight end, and, and some that running back core, it's going to be a high potent offense. Now, Philly has been—they've pl been playing defense, and that loss to the Saints earlier in the season that you mentioned—they're talking about that a lot this week. They were embarrassed. Like Sean Payton was running up to score on them, and they—they they haven't forgotten. Um, I, I don't know. If you look at their metrics side by side, um, you know, they're, they're fairly similar too, just like in the last game we were talking about. The total here is 50 and a half, which I thought was interesting. Um, I'm going to suggest that Nick Foles, what did he get, 16 points last week against your Bears? Yep. He's probably going to have to double that output uh, if he wants a chance to beat New Orleans at home. Um so I'm seeing this as a higher scoring affair. I think anything over a touchdown is a little too much uh, for a team that won the Super Bowl 11 months ago. I think New Orleans is going to win the game outright. I'm almost certain they are. But I'm, I'm looking for the Eagles to keep this one close. Uh, fly, Eagles, fly to cover the spread. I don't think Nick Foles is putting up more than 16 points. Well, he might even get 20 but I, I think you're going to need 35 to win. I, 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 I'm taking the New Orleans Saints with the points at home. Uh, the, the New Orleans Superdome, it's one of the greatest home field advantages in pro sports, not just football. I, I can't see Sean Payton and Drew Brees uh, even coming close to losing a game in the divisional round of the playoffs here. 
And now we're on to Andy's total prop tease, where Andy, batting a 1,000 last week, just knocked it out of the park. For those of you that don't know, this is where Andy makes a recommendation on a point total, a prop bet, and finally a teaser. And we invite you to do the same thing along with us on our Facebook fan page. Any successful total prop tease is any combo that hits two out of the three. So take out your Swami hat, Mr. Prognosticator. Give us your thoughts on the divisional round. All right, before we get to those, let's quickly recap what happened last week. Uh, we taken Seattle and Dallas to go over 43 points, and thanks to a, uh, a last four qu- fourth quarter touchdown by the Seahawks, it went to 46, so we covered that one. The proposition bet was Marlon Mack of the Colts to go over 49.5 yards rushing, which he easily cleared by halftime. Uh, after 60 minutes, he was left with 148 yards, so that was a good one. Um, the teaser last week was... Uh, both underdogs, Chargers and Colts, going up to plus nine and plus eight, and both of them won outright, so we easily cleared those as well. This week, we are going to look to the Eagles and Saints game for the total. If the Eagles have any chance of winning this one, they're going to have to put up a lot of points, and I don't see that as a tall chore to hit 50 and a half for the over. Next, we're going on to a proposition bet to Arrowhead in the state of Missouri. Their quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, pretty athletic guy. I think he can get more than 16 and a half yards rushing. The reason why I think he's going to have to rush is because Indy's secondary is going to have excellent coverage. And I'm not sure if he's going to get sacked, but he's going to get pressured a lot. And he's probably going to have to run for quite a few first downs. So 16 and a half yards can be picked up pretty quickly by a guy as fast as uh, Speedy Mahomes over there. The teaser, uh, we're going to tease New Orleans down to one point. Um, you know, if, if I think it's as close a game as it's going to be, um, the one point will come in handy and we're actually going to tease Indy, uh, from five plus five to plus 11. And both those teases go through two key numbers of a touchdown and a field goal. So to recap, Saints Eagles over 50 and a half, Patrick Mahomes over 16 and a half yards rushing. And we're going to tease New Orleans down to one and Indianapolis Colts up to plus 11. It's time for the weekly recap at the end of every episode. Now we like to just go over the picks for the week. So Andy, give these kind folks the rundown on how we feel, how we both feel about the divisional round here in the uh, NFL playoffs. Well, in the first game on Saturday, we've got the Colts, the chiefs, both Maddie and I think that the Colts can cover the five points fairly handily. Uh, the game that evening taking place in Los Angeles has uh, the Dallas Cowboys at plus seven, which Maddie likes taking the points, and Andrew likes laying the points with the Rams. The first game on Sunday, we've got the Chargers going into Foxborough uh, with the Patriots at minus four. Both Maddie and I like the Chargers to cover that at plus four. Lastly, game with the Eagles. Going into the Superdome, Maddie likes the Saints to cover the eight points, and I want to take those eight points with the defending Super Bowl champion Eagles. And those are our picks for the week, which you can find on our Facebook page. Thank you for listening to the Divisional Weekend episode of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss out on a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all games across the NFL. 
Please submit your questions to almostwiseguys at gmail.com or, of course, our Facebook fan page. From the Cosa Nostra Studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Try to be best, cause you're only a man, and a man's got to learn to take it. Try to believe, though the going gets rough, that you got a hand tough to make it. History repeats itself, try and you succeed. Never doubt that you're the one, and you can have your dream. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. You're the best around. And nothing's gonna ever keep you down. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. Fight with the end, cause your life will depend on the strength that you have inside you. I gotta be proud, standing out in the crowd with the odds in the game by you. Try your best to win them all And one day time will tell When you're the one that's standing there You've reached the final bell You're the best around Nothing's gonna ever keep you down You're the best around Nothing's gonna ever keep you down You're the best around Nothing's gonna ever keep you down Listen to